Well, I'm just going to say greetings to not only our folks that are here local in Wilton Park, but greetings to those that are listening all over the world. And I'm just going to pray before we dive in tonight. Lord, I thank you that you know every single person that's listening. Whether they are here in Little Woodland Park, Colorado, God, or they are listening from the uttermost parts of the earth, Father. We just do, we thank you that you know every single thing about each individual listener. You know the number of hairs on their head, God. You know the things they're going to think before the thought pops into their head. You know the words they're going to speak before the syllables are formed, God. I thank you that nothing is hidden from your sight. And I thank you that victory is on your mind for every person, God. I thank you that breakthrough is on your mind for every single person, God. I thank you that the fullness of what you have purchased with your blood for them and, and, and them receiving all of that, Lord, is on your mind today. And so, Lord, as we just dive into your word and we step into the flow of what the spirit of the Lord is saying and what the Father is doing, I thank you, God, that you're going to personalize uh, the teaching today for every single person, God. I thank you that you are going to absolutely... Um, further your agenda in their lives, God, through what they're hearing today, Lord. I pray that, um, yeah, that this would be a message, God, that um, the, the Lord is just instructing me to say it this way. There's, there's certain messages that I've heard, and you know when you hear it, like, man, that is like my, my battle message for the, this season. That is my, you know, I need to listen to that, you know, over and over, because it is a word in due season for me. And Lord, I know that what you are saying, that that is what, to, this is what tonight is for some people or for, for, for people, Father, that, and so Lord, we just, we yield, we yield to that. And we say yes and amen to everything that you are going to accomplish as a result of it. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, um, there's a scripture that's on my heart for tonight, and we're gonna, we're gonna see where we go with it. And it may be, you know, a, a, um, common scripture. You may have heard it before, but we're still gonna read it. It's in Mark, and it's in Mark chapter 11. And we're going to go to verse 24. And I'm going to read this. I can read it in context in a moment. But I really, sometimes I, I just like to start, I just feel like we're going to start on this scripture. This is a very, very simple scripture. But it's, in my opinion, it's one of the most powerful scriptures, one of the most powerful promises in the Bible. Uh, and it really, uh, it really, I mean, it breaks through a bunch of theological things, I think, that need to be broken through, things that hinder us, honestly, from receiving, as I said, the, the fullness of our inheritance in Christ. And, But I sometimes think, you know, the Bible's a big book, and there's so many things to read and so many things in it. It's like sometimes some of the simplest things can get lost in just you know, the vastness of the, the wisdom of God. But 
Here it is in the New King James Version. It says, therefore, this is Jesus talking, by the way. He says, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Okay, I'm going to read it in just another translation just to kind of expand our understanding of the scripture. In the voice translation, I love the way it it highlights the kind of importance of Jesus when he was talking here. He says, so listen to what I'm saying. Whatever you pray for or ask from God, believe that you receive it and you will. And you will. Uh, This particular key in my mind unlocks the miraculous in our lives. And it's, a, it's kind of an interesting concept uh, because it, in the sense that it causes us to have to believe in something that we can't physically interact with yet. It requires that we live not according to our physical senses, our our physical sight, our physical hearing, our physical sense of smell, our physical sense of taste, and our physical sense of touch. But it requires that that we walk in the spirit and begin to use our spiritual senses. Uh, Because if you looked at this like a formula, and I, 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 you know, I'm not much for formulas when it comes to God. I'm a very much a relational person when it comes to God. I don't, I'm, I'm not, I don't a lot of times teach principles because I say we're not following principles, we're following a person. But in this case, this kind of formula or this principle in Mark 11:24 is actually important because it tells us how to interact with the Lord, how to actually receive something from God. And Here's what I know. In Ephesians chapter 1, I'll walk over there really quick. Let's go over to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, and I'm in the voice here, so I'll read it. In verse 3, it says, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, who grants us every spiritual blessing in these heavenly realms where we live in the Anointed. And I like this little piece it says in the voice. It says, not because of anything we have done, but because of what he has done for us. So this, this, this scripture here says that we have been blessed, in other translations, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ. We've been blessed. So what this means is that our inheritance, in other ways you could say, is anything you ask for in prayer, honestly, okay? Your inheritance... That all of us have an inheritance because of what Jesus did. We have this inheritance. What is our inheritance? Heaven, <laughs> heaven on earth. That is our that is our that's our inheritance. And but it's in it's it, it's it's a, it's spiritual. Now a lot of times people read this scripture and they think you know that just means spiritual blessings. Like I'm not sure, you know, the spirit of religion teaches us that certain blessings are good and certain blessings are bad or something. Like there's spiritual blessings like. Joy, that's a spiritual blessing. That's one that, you know, you can receive. But if it's, you know, if you need money, well, that's, that's carnal, you know, and that's, you know, that's greedy or something. It's selfish. There's certain blessings that are selfish, you know, other ones that are, you know, they're humble and good. 
But that's total religion. Total religion. It's not saying it's a spiritual blessing because it's holy. It's saying it's a spiritual blessing because it's invisible. It's, it's the, the, the inheritance is an invisible reality. It's an invisible kingdom. But it doesn't mean that it's not real and it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. You are a citizen of heaven right now. If you read in Ephesians chapter 2, a little further down, it says that you are seated in the heavenly places. I was praying that scripture a little bit earlier. It means that there is a spiritual realm as much as a natural realm. And when we are praying and asking God for something, all that's actually happening is we are taking what already exists in the spirit and partnering with the Lord to see it manifest in the natural. It is taking what is invisible reality and transforming it into physical reality. That's what answered prayer is. It is truthfully the manifestation of your inheritance in Christ. Healing is the manifestation of the truth of what Jesus has already accomplished for you. That's what healing is. It's the manifestation of the truth. Answered prayer should be the manifestation of the truth in your life. And so when we are operating in circumstances that are contrary to what Jesus accomplished on the cross, that means that we we are experiencing lack. We are experiencing sin. We are experiencing sickness. We are experiencing strife. We are experiencing anything less than heaven on earth, right? Then, then we are experiencing something that honestly doesn't belong to us. It's not part of our spiritual inheritance. It's not part of our spiritual blessing. And so when we pray, when we pray, we're really, pray, another way of saying, in the, in the voice translation, it said this, when we ask, when we ask God, okay, when we make a request. So Father, you know, I'm just going to use something very practical because it is, there's not really a day that I, that goes by that I don't talk to someone who is struggling financially. Okay, so I'm just going to make it very practical. Let's say, let's just talk, let's say $1,000. Okay, Father, I need $1,000. Now, immediately, and that's another good, another good example to use because so many believers have hang-ups when it comes to receiving the abundance of heaven. We have issues around not deserving it. We've grown up in church that taught us that, you know, the love of money is the root of all evil, which is absolutely a scripture, but... It, there's another scripture that says that my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. And the truth is lack, when you are in lack, there is more of a temptation to love money <laughs> than when you are in abundance. Now I get it. There's temptation on both sides. There's temptation on both sides, right? You can trust in riches when you've got them and you can covet riches when you don't. So money in and of itself is, is neutral. I mean, it's, it doesn't have a personality. It's, it's, it's not even a, it's a human construct. And here in America, you know, it's just, in, in other countries too, it's pieces of paper that have been designated as, as a, a medium of exchange or electronic transactions, think, you know, stocks, equities, all these things. I mean, these are, they take on the personality of the person who owns them. 
But that's a whole nother topic that, especially if you are in need of a financial miracle or you're, in a, you're, you're receiving a financial breakthrough. You know, the bottom line is you feel guilty sometimes about asking God for it, like it's wrong or something, right? And the truth is Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10, 10, but I am come that they might have life and have it more, more abundantly. Now, I'm not going to teach on all of the, the merits of you being abundantly supplied, but let me say this. You are blessed to be a blessing. You are an heir of, of Abraham. You are, you are blessed and placed in the earth to make it look like heaven. And guess what? It takes money to do that. Because heaven's nice. <laughs> heaven is a nice place. Amen? Um, but let's just say, your, your request in Mark eleven twenty four. let's just say it's for $1,000, right? Well, in Mark, it says here that whatever you ask for, when you pray, believe that you've received it and you shall have it. So this formula, if you will, for manifesting your inheritance in Christ, manifesting in this case, the abundance of heaven, getting an answer to the prayer, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory, right? You know, people pray for money all the time, but where is it? Where is it? Where's the breakthrough? And why, aren't they, why is it not happening? Right? We pray for things all the time. But where's the manifestation? Where's the manifestation? And you know, a lot of times the habit is just to keep on praying about it. Just keep on praying about it. I'm going to keep praying until I, until I get it. But that, that's not what Mark 11, 24 says. It doesn't say keep on praying until you get it. It says, I mean, matter of fact, there's a, there, in one translation of another scripture, it says, you know, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be open, ask and you will receive. And there's, a, there's one translation, not a great one, that says seek and keep on seeking. Well, here's the problem with that, is that as new covenant believers, all right, what are we seeking? We're seeking what we already have. And when you're looking, it's like looking for your sunglasses that are on your head. How many of you have done that, right? You're walking around, you've got sunglasses on your head, and you're looking everywhere for them, and you don't realize that you already have them. And this scripture just taps into that idea. It's saying believe that you have it. When it says believe that you receive it, another way of saying that is believe that you have it. Believe that you have it, and you will have it. The reason you don't have it is that you believe you don't have it. And so you keep seeking for it, and you can't, you can't get something you already have. I mean, I, and I get this is one of these things that's kind of like a, it's like a tongue twister or like a riddle kind of. I, I know, I know, because it's not... It's not the way the world has taught us to operate. The, the, the world has taught us that we have what we can see. And that if you can't see it with your physical senses, then you don't have it. Right? I mean, I, I have a, a little water cup in my hand here. And we've been taught, in, you know, by the world system, by the education system of this world, by human reason, that... I have this cup because it's physically in my hand. 
I'm in possession of this cup. Okay. But in the kingdom, that is not the way possession works. That is not the way you manifest your prayers <laughs> and receive from God. In, in the kingdom, we have to operate using our spiritual senses. It's called walking in the spirit. I'm not sure what people think walking in the spirit is. Um, it's kind of one of these things that, what does walking in the spirit mean? Does that mean you're listening to worship music all day? <laughs> it means you're praying in the spirit? Does it mean you're listening from God and obeying what he tells you to do? Sure. I mean, you know, I mean, those things can all indicate some level of you, you know, walking in the spirit. But, <coughs> excuse me. In Revelation, there's this great scripture that John says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Right? And you know what happened when he was in the spirit on the Lord's day? He said, I heard a voice behind me saying, come up hither. Right? Or what happened? He entered into a vision. He entered into a vision and all of a sudden in in Revelation 1, right? He hears this voice. He sees Jesus as this this, uh, resurrected glorified Jesus with, you know, hair white like wool and eyes like fire and face like the sun and the seven lampstands and the stars. And he's just in this spirit. He's in this incredible vision. And I'm just saying he said he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And and we we are not accustomed enough to being in the spirit. Because we have thought that being in the spirit means going to church or, or doing something, reading my Bible. I'm in, the, I'm in the spirit. I don't know that we actually articulate it that way. But I guess what I'm trying to say is our expectation is that we are in the spirit experiencing something less than what John was experiencing. And what was John experiencing? He was just experiencing an encounter with God that, re- that was using, you know, his spiritual senses. Paul said it this way. I knew a man once, 14 years ago, whether he was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. But he was caught up in the third heaven. And so the point was is that, it, it, and he heard things <laughs> that cannot be uttered. You know, it, 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 the entire revelation of the Apostle Paul, the entire gospel was given to Paul via revelation, via let me say it a different way. Experiences in the spirit. Right? And so beginning to interact in that realm of the spirit, like it actually exists, which it does, is what it means to walk in the spirit. And the, the sad reality is that most Christians are carnal. And I'm not meaning that as like a derogatory term, like kind of like we've thought it to mean. Um, you know, but, but what it, what carnal means, it just means it, it's trapped in the physical. <laughs> They're just of the flesh, meaning, and I don't mean flesh like some sin nature, because we don't have a sin nature as believers. What I'm saying is they're caught in, they're like they're trapped in the natural realm. It's like what happened at the fall when Adam and Eve's eyes were opened, which meant their, their, their spiritual senses were darkened and they were blinded by the God of this world. It's like they, they fell into the realm of human reason. That's where they fell. They fell into the realm of philosophy and theories and intellectual discussion. 
<laughs> and they, they, they got uh, blinded to the reality of the spirit realm. And, and prayer is really about connecting your spiritual senses to the reality of heaven that is in you and around you. And it is truthfully just reaching out in the spirit to what already belongs to you and recognizing that you already have it. You've possessed it. This is mine. This is mine. You know, I did a, um, a conference one time and um, I'm trying to think which, but here's the, here's the thing. I ended up doing a kind of a guided encounter during the conference and it was really, it, it, it was speaking to entrepreneurs at the time. And it was an encounter around uh, the wealth of heaven and the creativity of heaven and how uh, kingdom entrepreneurs should be the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet because we have access to this realm where all things are possible and we can see the invisible and, and we can access inventions that don't exist. We can access an unlimited supply of resources. You know, and, and in this in this particular encounter, we went into this kind of wealth vault of heaven, into this kind of bank of heaven. And when you opened the doors of this vault, first of all, it was really weird because we were standing a lot in front of this vault and the walls went like as far to the right and as far to the left as you could see. You could not see the end of them. And I sensed that they really were infinite walls. And there was this, uh, you know, it was like a locked vault, like a bank or something, but it was, it was speech activated. So you just said, open in Jesus' name. And it came open. You had to have, because we have the keys of the kingdom. And his name is the name that is above all of it. And so when you, when that thing opened and you stepped inside, you would have thought it would have been like, um, I don't know, like a vault that you would think of in a bank. But it ended up being like heaven itself. It was like a, it was a, it was like, it was like a world on the other side. And there were trees and grass and it was just, it was a scene. It was outside. And in this particular vault, whatever you thought manifested, and it was the place of perfect creation. It was the place where whatever you thought, you got. Now, believe it or not, that scripture, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Right. But, and, you know, in other circles, it's called the, you know, the law of attraction or whatever you want to call it. But, the bottom uh, thought, it, the bottom line was, is that it was a place where thoughts became things. And that is the way we were created to function. We were created to be creative. And if you, even if you study quantum physics and you start to, understand the realm of subatomic particles and quarks and 
I don't even know the names of all of the things that are, you know, down at the very tiniest level. It's, it's light, it's frequencies, it's subatomic, invisible matter, <laughs> those kinds of things. If, if you start to study quantum physics, you, you will recognize that human beings are more powerful than really we can imagine. You know, quantum physics has shown that at, at, a, at, a, at the level of an atom, that the subatomic particles of an atom do not materialize. In other words, they are not visible until a human being looks at them. Now, we used to think that particles, you know, rotated around the nucleus of an atom like planets rotated around the sun. We had a more Newtonian mechanical view of physics. But Einstein blew that out of the water, and over the last several decades, scientists have begun to really uncover. I mean, there are incredible studies, incredible research that has been done that has had to completely redo the diagram of the atom because, truthfully, it, at, at that level, the electrons and the protons and the, the quarks and the subatomic particles, before a human being looks at them, they exist in just a field of possibility. They are everywhere and nowhere all at the same time. And it's not until there's an observer does it manifest, does it materialize. Truthfully, you can, you can, you can Google this. You can go and look about the study of, of uh, the field of observation and, and look at the new atomic uh, model. And you can, you can Google this information. This is wildly available to know. But what am I saying? It's saying that your thoughts are incredibly important as it relates to the manifestation of your inheritance in Christ. And because we have been carnal, and because it's kind of, we've been kind of trapped in the natural realm, and because human reasoning has seemed more normal, if you will, than revelation and operating in the realm of the spirit with our, with our spiritual senses. And we don't, you know, we aren't taught necessarily. I mean, we're taught how to, how to walk and how to function in the natural realm using our physical senses. But, you know, a lot of folks have never been taught how to function in the spirit realm using their spiritual senses. And we've been taught it's wrong and it's scary and it's demonic and or it's dangerous or a lot of different things we've been taught. But it's actually normal. I mean, in the Bible, it's chapter and verse all throughout. It's, it's, it's absolutely people interacting with angels and visions and dreams and all kinds of spiritual experiences. The Bible is a, it's like a documentary of people's spiritual experiences. And, but because of the carnal, carnality and the world system and the way that we've been taught, we, we've really been taught that to believe what we've experienced that our belief comes from what we've experienced. And because we've only experienced lack, or we've only experienced hereditary disease, or we've only experienced divorce in our family line, in our, in our, you know, my mom was divorced, my mom's mom was divorced. You know, we have this, this hit, this like 
history of divorce or history of abuse or his, we just have a history, but in the history is what we believe is going to happen in the future. So we've been taught by the world system that what we've experienced is, is what we should believe. So if I didn't have $1,000 last month and my bills were short, well, I'm not going to have what I need for this month because that's been my experience. So my expectation is for more of the same. But in the kingdom, we don't believe what we experience. We experience what we believe. And so that is, again, it's like a, it's like a paradox a little bit. It's like a, wait a second, it makes your brain go a little tilt-tilt because the, it is foolishness to the carnal mind. We experience what we believe. Going back to this idea of the vault in heaven, we experience what we think. And it's within this context that Mark 11.24 starts to make sense. Whatever things you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received them and you shall have them. In other words... Think that you've got it. Think that you've got it. Now, how do you do that, Shalise? Well, how would you act if you had $1,000 that you're asking for? What would you do? You know, you would... Maybe, I don't know. Be happy. Put it in your wallet. I don't know. But the point is... This realm of the imagination is is really the place where your spiritual vision is activated. And Paul, the Apostle Paul said in, in Ephesians 1, 18, 17 and 18, he talked about, you know, Lord, grant unto them a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. And enlighten the eyes of their understanding that they might know the hope of their calling. And in other translations it says... Uh, you know, flood their hearts with light. But the, the eyes of your understanding are your imagination. And when you have enlightened eyes, you have an ability to connect to the spiritual realm. You have, can see in the spirit. And the place that that occurs is in the realm of your imagination. It's the, your imagination is the realm of visions. It's the realm of dreams. And this is the realm where all things are possible. And that's the realm where you can have something you don't have yet. You know, even, even the world knows this to a degree. They're operating in a spiritual, spiritual uh, principle. You know, everything, I mean, I have an iPhone sitting over here. And, you know, that existed in someone's imagination before it existed in the physical realm. This microphone that I'm talking on. It's wireless, this wireless technology that's causing this to actually function in this room. Started, this, this started in someone's mind. <clears throat> and so the manifestation of something from mind to matter is how creation works. Whether you know Jesus or not, it's the way human beings were designed. Right? And so, Shalice, what, how do, what does this practically mean? Well, it means that when you, when you pray for something, dang it, receive it. And, and practically, that means see it. See it. In a way, I do it. Here's the way I do it. Because, you know, unbelief is, isn't it tormenting? 
you know, unbelief when you, when you, when you just keep asking and you don't have it and you're, you're stressed out because you need it or, or whatever, you know, you just can kind of get tormented by it. And so what I do is, I, you know, I say, look, Lord, I know your word. There's some things, circumstances going on in my life that I know for a fact are illegal. I know Jesus, Jesus became sickness on the cross. I know that he became the curse. And there are some symptoms of the curse in my life. So what's up, right? And the reality is, is what's up is my stinking thinking. And I'm saying it personally because I don't want to call anybody else, you know, I don't know about your thinking. I just know about mine. But when I don't have the manifestation of what Jesus has accomplished, it's because I don't have the mind of Christ about the matter. Now, I know people get angry about that and they think, well, you're putting it back on the person. Um, Well, I don't know who else is responsible for their thoughts. You know, I mean, if you aren't responsible for your thoughts and I'm not responsible for my thoughts, and if you're not responsible for what you believe and I'm not responsible for what I believe, well, then who the heck is responsible for it? I mean, I have to take ownership of what I believe, and I have to honestly take ownership of what I'm experiencing in my life. Now, granted, you know, are there situations where you are victim? I mean, like, I'm not saying that the enemy doesn't come in. We can blame the devil, too, amen? I mean, you can, not that there aren't other things to blame, but a lot of times that's beyond our understanding of the natural, right? And all we know to do is what the Word says to do, which is pray, believe, and receive. And so I'll pray it. I'll say, okay, Lord, so Holy Spirit, I know this is, this is mine. Jesus died for me to have it. So I'm going to receive it. Tell me what to see. What do I need to experience? How do I renew my mind so that there's a new belief, there's a new image in my mind of me being whole, of me possessing what it is that you have for me. In the case of finance, it's about, it's about developing a, an abundant mindset, right? And the battle, no matter what it is, it's called the fight of faith for a reason. Because the battle is always between what you see in the natural or what you are experiencing in the natural and what you are or are not experiencing in the spirit. Okay, let's talk about physical sickness for a moment. I mean, you know, you have a doctor's diagnosis. You've got pain in your body, and that's real. That's a, that is a fact. It's going. You're experiencing that. But are you also experiencing the reality of you being whole, perfect, healthy, healed, impenetrable to sickness and disease, impenetrable, frankly, to premature death in the spirit. What is the image that you have of yourself? Do you see yourself a hundred, strong, going, looking good? I mean, if Sarah can do it, you can do it. If Abraham can do it, you can do it. If Moses can do it, you can do it. They didn't even have what you have. But again, we have been programmed by a world system. When you get old, you got aches and pains. When you get old, your body breaks down. Well, excuse me, the Holy Spirit quickens my mortal body. Right? I, I mean, 
there's nothing in there that says that I have to die crippled and sick. But we've been, we've been taught to fear aging. We've been taught to fear uh, diseases and sicknesses. That, that we've, we've been taught that they have, more, they have power of life and death. But the word says that death and life are in the power of our tongue. I mean, that truth is a phenomenal... I mean, that... What if the world actually embraced that? What if instead of studying medicine, people began to, to study the power of words? And there was faith in words, like there is faith in medicine. Again, I'm not, I'm not condemning anyone. I mean, praise God, you know, that we have the natural wisdom and the natural things that we have. But I am saying that there is a place in the spirit. Let me pick another one. It's a, it's a, it's a favorite of mine. It makes a lot of people angry. Let's talk about weight loss. Let's talk about in heaven. I have a feeling there's no overweight people. And one of the reasons that I believe that is also because we see so many, you know, there's so many supernatural weight loss miracles. Well, why in the world would people lose weight supernaturally? Well, because there's no fat in heaven. There's no overweightness in heaven. I mean, I personally have lost weight multiple times by doing nothing, not changing anything in my life except getting up in the morning, looking at, getting on the scale and looking at it and visualizing a certain number every morning. And... Also, refusing to be afraid of food. Starting to recognize how, how terrified we've been taught to be of food. Don't eat that. That'll kill you. Don't eat that. That'll kill you. Don't eat that. That's not good for you. Don't eat that. That's this, this. And I, I, can, I know our bodies are machines. I'm not saying that we shouldn't eat our salads because salads are good for us. But that's different than eating something because it is how the body was designed to operate. It's just facts. It's just information versus giving something the power to kill you and giving something the power to undo what Jesus accomplished on the cross. And the last time I checked, the reason we walk in divine health, the reason we walk in our ideal weight is because Jesus has outlawed anything else. By his victory on the cross. I mean, sickness is truly illegal in the life of a believer. Now, granted, I mean, I'm not saying that I walk in perfect health 100% of the time. I'm not saying that I haven't, I haven't had health challenges. So this is not a message to condemn you. What I was saying was I'm not going to preach to you my experience. I'm going to preach to you the word of God. And just because I'm growing in the full manifestation of that doesn't mean that I'm going to preach a message that is less than what I'm experiencing. Because guess what? I am continually, continually renewing my mind exactly like the rest of us here on planet Earth. And I praise God for the victories that I've experienced and I'm pressing in for more. Until the fullness of what Jesus has purchased is manifesting here in the earth. Amen? So, practically, I need $1,000 by Wednesday, Jesus. Well, believe you receive it, child. But I don't have it, Jesus. Oh, yes, you do, child. Can't you see it? No. Well, I see it. It's in your bank account. Can't you see it? 
It's a whole new way of operating. Because all of God's promises are yes and amen. But Jesus, I had this diagnosis. What do I do? Well, I see you healed. Do you see it? You know, there's a, I have a, a three-month school of transformation. I have a, a whole thing that, we, that I do. You know, if you're on my email list or Facebook, you know it's called Emerge School of Transformation. And one of the primary goals of this school is to teach believers to be as comfortable in the spirit realm as they are in the natural realm so that they can begin to live uh, their purpose. I mean, hear God what the, for what their actual purpose is and then fulfill their purpose because there's no way to fulfill your divine purpose except supernaturally. And you can't do that walking around blind, deaf, and, you know, insensitive to the realm of the spirit. And one of the ways that we do this is we have um, these what I call awakening meditations for every lesson. And it's really, again, it's like a guided meditation, similar to the one that I talked about that I did at that conference. And a lot of times I'm sharing this with you because this is just something you can take home. This is something you can do. You can, like, kind of pretend you're in a merge with me at the moment. And one of the things I have people do all the time is we just, in our imaginations, I, I say, imagine yourself standing in front of a mirror. So, you know, just close your eyes. If that, that's helpful, I tell people you can see better when you close your eyes, if you, if you didn't know that. But, you know, close your eyes and visualize yourself standing in front of a mirror. And don't, don't be too, you know, a lot of times people are like, well, how do you know if you're making this up? And how do you know that that's me? And da, da, da. Well, you know, people say that about how do I know I'm hearing God or, or not? Well, if you experience what you believe... Why don't you just go ahead and believe that it's Holy Spirit? Why don't you go ahead and believe that the eyes of your understanding are enlightened and that you can actually hear God the way the Bible says you can hear God? You are, you, you, he is your good shepherd. His sheep hear his voice. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call upon me and I will answer you and show you great mighty things that you know not. Like scripture is full of promises that you can hear the voice of God, that you can, <clears throat> that you have eyes that are enlightened, that you can see, you know, those that have ears to hear and eyes to see, you, you have, just say, I have it. I mean, you have it. If you don't know you have it, well then say, God, I, I pray that you will give me enlightened eyes and then believe you receive it when you pray and now you got it. My point is close your eyes, see yourself standing in front of a mirror and just believe that the Holy Spirit is giving this to you. And I'll say this, if it's, Unless it's obviously, you know, what am I trying to say? You know, you're killing somebody or something, and when you're looking in the mirror, then just go with it. Just go with it. And, and here's what I say. First of all, this is no ordinary mirror. Okay, when you stand in front of this mirror, you're, yes, it's you standing there. It, you know, if you kind of look down at yourself, you kind of see yourself in the natural. But if you look in the mirror the reflection that's coming back at you is how you how, how how the lord sees you it's something that god wants to show you a revelation about yourself and so you know i'd say and, and I, I teach people, okay what what kind of mirror is it what what material is it is it made of wood is it made of gold is it made of uh, is it in a mirrored frame is it on a wall is it on a stand is it just standing in the middle of a forest what room are you in how are you dressed what do you look like as you look into this mirror? 
And you can come before this mirror anytime. Like if you're, if you're praying about, you know, I have a health challenge or I have a, you know, challenge about finances or something, you can come and look in the mirror and say, well, Lord, how do you see me? And he will give you a picture of what it looks like for you to live in abundance, what it looks like for you to live in divine health, what it looks like for you. And it's, it's a picture of your, of who you are in the spirit. But let me also say this. It's a picture of your future if you'll believe it. And when I say future, it can be five minutes from now, two minutes from now, a second from now. I don't mean, doesn't mean 40 years from now. You know, you can also use this mirror for other people. Cause sometimes, you know what? God's asking, inviting us to see other people, not the way they currently are. He's not asking us to see our kids as drug addicts. He's not asking us to see our, our kids as, you know, stubborn and, un, you know, going from job to job or broke or whatever, whatever. I'm just, that's using the example of our kids. Let me throw out your spouse. Let me throw out your siblings. Let me throw out your boss. Let me throw off your neighbor. I mean, really, humanity. God is asking the church to see humanity through the, through the lens of the Father's love. Through the lens of the cross, through the lens of what Jesus has accomplished for all of, all of God's creation. And so you can put somebody else in front of the mirror and say, Lord, let me see what they look like. Right? And it's, it's just a, it's an opportunity to see. It's very practical, but it's a way to practice seeing things the way God sees them. And so when you pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. So Lord, give me a vision of what it looks like for me to have this. Now, some people, the Lord's just remind, telling me this right now. Some people, there's certain things you've been standing for for decades. And the Lord said, it doesn't matter how long you've been standing, how long you've been asking. <clears throat> you can ask today and receive it. And it's really about receiving a vision of yourself, having it before you have it. Now, just to solidify that I'm not nuts, and I'm not teaching some scripture out of context. Let's take Abraham. You know, Abraham, and, and up until now, I've really been talking about the finished work of Jesus and the spiritual blessings that you've been blessed with because of the cross. But now I want to shift a little bit because the story of Abraham is about not really just this redemption message of how you know, lack and poverty and all these things are not in our life. It's really about the prophetic word over Abraham's life. It's really about who Abraham was created to be. And most people have one or more prophecies over their life. If you need a prophecy, you're not sure, you don't even know if you've never had a prophecy, well, you know what, contact the ministry. We have a team that we will get on a video call with you and we will prophesy destiny over you. Because God did not leave you out. He has a plan for your life. And he, just like he called Abraham the father of a nation, he's calling you something too. And it's not a bad name, right? He's calling you uh, to be an entrepreneur, to be an author, to be a, a, you know, a world changer of some kind, to be an inventor, to be a musician, to do something that blesses the planet with your gifts and talents. He's calling you something. Abraham, you're the father of a nation. But, you know, the, really the whole story of Abraham, most of the story, there's a lot of parts of it for sure. 
But a lot of it is about Abraham getting fully persuaded that he was who God says he was. It means Abraham receiving an answer to his prayer. God, I want an heir. And you know what God said? Abraham, well, Abram at the time, I'm changing your name. Why? Because I want you to talk like you are who you want to be. So I want you to call yourself Abraham. So that means if you're, you know, working in a job and you've got a call to to be a real estate investor and start a business that you call yourself, I'm a real estate mogul. I'm the I'm a successful entrepreneur that has started m- multiple successful ventures. It means that you are in agreement with the prophetic words of your life, not like it's some future thing that you're waiting to happen. What if God's waiting on you to believe it? And Abraham, look up, go outside, look at the stars. Why? I want you to meditate. In this case, he said, I'm going to give you something natural to look at. But it wasn't just, just engaging the natural. It was an imagination that came from looking at something natural. Because, see, the number of stars up there are the number of descendants you're going to have. So, he, you know, he's looking at the stars, imagining, imagining his offspring. And so the sea on the, the, the stand on the seashore, same thing, imagining his innumerable offspring. And so engaging the imagination as it relates to receiving answered prayer, as it relates to becoming, to seeing the manifestation, let me say it this way, of the prophetic words over your life, engaging the imagination is absolutely scriptural. And I'll tell you, it's sometimes the last thing we do. Instead of, instead of imagining ourselves with the answer to our prayer, with the manifestation of the prophetic word, we spend our time meditating and worrying about the problem and the fact that we do not have it. And so the energy that you spend on worrying and spend on meditating on the problem is time you should be spending meditating on the imaginations of, rece- of already receiving what it is that you're praying for. And this is how you know if you're in faith with this or not. You, you can tell by way you're talking. Are you talking the way you, like you don't have it? Or are you talking like you've got it? You know, there's a testimony from my spiritual dad uh, named Bill Winston. I've heard it a million times. If you listen to his podcast, you won't go too far probably without hearing the story. But, uh, you know, Dr. Bill Winston and Dr. Veronica Winston are, have been, you know, very influential in my life. I always tell people, if you want some good faith teaching, listen to, doc, listen to Daddy Bill. But there's a one testimony that they talk about that, that goes right along with this teaching, and I, I want to share it. And I could share my own testimonies because I learned how to do this from him. But they had gone down, this was when they were young, before they even started a church or anything, and, and Bill was... Uh, was coming off of his corporate job, decided to go down to go to school to uh, Oral Roberts University. And he was going to be in school full-time, and Veronica needed a job. Well, this was, I think, maybe in the 80s. I don't know. There was some type of recession going on. Their jobs were scarce. A lot of fear going around about, oh, you know, people talking about, oh, there's no jobs, oh, you know, da, da. and so they prayed about it, and God, you know, they just said, we're just, we're, we're going to receive a job from the Lord. And so they got a four-by-six card out, and they said, these are the things that we want in a job. 
we want this amount of money. I said, what else do you want, honey? And they were writing it down. You know, I would like a, a company car. I'd like an office, a very nice office. I'd like to not drive more than 10 minutes from, the work, from work. I'd like it to be in, in the uh, technology industry. So they said, okay, well, we're going to pray, we're going to ask God, and we're going to receive it. So they got out the card and said, Lord, we're asking for these things in a job, and your word says that whatsoever things we desire, when we pray, believe we receive it, and we shall have it. They probably had a couple more scriptures. God, you said you shall supply all of our need according to your riches and glory. Or you said you would make all grace abound towards us so that we in all things and all circumstances and all situations have more than enough. We are self-sufficient, and we uh, to, to have what we need, and we abound to every good work and terrible nation. That's a paraphrase of 2 Corinthians 9, 8. But... The point is, they said, we receive it. So from that day forward, they said, we got it. And it it got tested, right? I mean, where does it get tested? It gets tested in your mind. It gets tested with the pressure. You know, one day, uh, one of uh, uh, Dr. Bill's classmates came over and said, Hey, Veronica, you get that job yet? And she yelled out, Yeah, I got it. And he said, Where is it? She said, I don't know, but I got it. Why? Because she was in faith. She was in faith. When the money started running low and they were getting a little nervous, like, oh, no, it's not looking good, it's not looking good. She said, I think they took the very last of their groceries or their grocery money or something. And and Dr. Bill said he came in and said, "Ooh, something smells good. Something smells good. I can't wait. And she said, oh, that's not for you. He said, what do you mean that's not for me? That is my soup. He said, no, that's not for you. I'm making it for so-and-so down there. They they didn't have any groceries. And, you know, what was she doing? She was... In faith, in faith, like I, my God is going to supply my needs, so it, this is not my last. Matter of fact, the last, what's the last? Last is an illusion, right? So she was acting like she already had it, because if you had a job, you'd help the person. Now, it, it's radical. This is a radical way to live, but it is the realm where miracles happen, and it is the realm of answered prayer. This is the realm of answered prayer. And the story goes basically that uh, they had this recruiter, new on the job, comes into some kind of agency that she was working with and had a stack of paper, a full desk of stuff on there. And so he gets a phone call about this opportunity. And it just so happens that Veronica's resume is right on top of it and so he calls her anyway ends up she ends up getting the job so they go back through the list when she gets the offer hey did you get what you asked for in a salary she said i got five thousand dollars more than what's on the card oh check so that, that was my faith working he always makes that little joke about it it's so cute then he says okay did you get the car oh yeah brand new buick check what about an office oh yeah nice office got a nice office with windows yeah check where, 10 minutes from the house? Yep, yep, less than 10 minutes from the house. Check. Is that right? It said, praise God, high five. And the story was that this company that she got the, the job from moved all the way from Denmark to Oklahoma. And the point that I learned from this is that God will do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to fulfill his word and to fulfill his promises when we have received it. The how is not up to us. The how, if you get caught up in the how it's going to work or in the details and all that, sometimes that'll just steal your faith. That'll steal your, it it will be a distraction. 
So you, all you got to know is I got it. I got it. I see it. I got it. I'm the father of a nation. I'm wealthy. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm disease-free. I'm healed. I see it. You know? I'm running a marathon. I'm, I'm running a 5K. I'm at the gym. I'm lifted. Whatever, whatever. Whatever seems impossible, that's where you need to go. I'm debt-free. Bills are paid. Receive it. One of the things that I learned, probably one of the, you know, I learned this because I learned this. It's like, what has your, what has your believing actually created? What has your thoughts created? Are, are your thoughts creating lack? Are your thoughts creating, are they, are they self-sabotaging thoughts? Or are they thoughts that are manifesting the victory of Jesus? Not only for you, but for others too. And you know whether you've received it or not by the by the degree of worry, by the degree of torment, really, that you have. And, and I'll say this too. Imagining, just, you know, spending time imagining seems like a big waste of time. You know, it seems like we need to be doing something. We need to be busy. We need to be doing something. Well, you know what? When you are in the realm of the Spirit on the Lord's Day, (laughs) amen? And every day is the Lord's Day, by the way. Today is the day of salvation. When you are in the Spirit and you are partnering with the Holy Spirit in visions and dreams and imaginations, which, by the way, is the way, that's His language. You're, You're speaking the Holy Ghost language when you're doing that. You are shaping the seen realm as you are in the, in the unseen realm. You are, you are shifting things in the spirit realm. And the shift has to happen there before it happens in the natural because that realm is what spawned everything we see. The spirit realm is absolutely the dominating realm. And so you must see, you must have it, it must shift before it shifts. And I heard one man say, I think it was Einstein, that, you know, you don't solve problems with the same level of thinking that created them. Meaning you have to think at a higher level. And the realm of the spirit is the higher level. And the beautiful thing about your imagination, the beautiful thing about spiritual and imaginative prayer is that that is a realm where all things are possible. I mean, you can close your eyes right now and in your mind step out your front door and fly to France without an airplane. (laughs) You know? And I I give one more testimony. We'll wrap it up. And the truth of the matter is, is that miracles happen as you travel in the spirit realm. You do not have to be somewhere physical to actually see the manifestation of you being there in the spirit. You know, in, in the Bible, the, the, you know, the centurion told Jesus, you don't have to come to my house. Just speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. You know, but in that instance, just the word of God healed someone translocationally. But in other instances, I mean, people were translated into other locations. And history is full of incredible testimonies about that. 
But I personally have seen that. I've personally seen myself travel to uh, other places, pray for someone remotely, imagining that I'm there with them and seeing the manifestations. So the limitations are off in the realm of the Spirit. No limitations here. And the, the, the other thing to mention as we close is that your beliefs, because they are formed by experiences, because we pretty much believe what we've experienced, if you want to transform what you believe, there's no better way to do it than have another experience. And you can experience things in the realm of your imagination and your body doesn't know the difference. Your brain doesn't know the difference. That's why when we dream and we wake up sweating because we were running while we were dreaming, our body's been reacting like we were actually running while we were asleep. Meaning that your subconscious mind that was programmed originally with unbelief can be reprogrammed through the faculty of your imagination, visions, and dreams. So I, I suggest, this is what I, this is what I tell my executive coaching clients and I tell the graduates of my Emerge program that go on to continue to work with me that are chasing big visions, that have dreams in their heart and are, are taking down systems. I tell them that you have to create the right kinds of habits in your life. You know, a lot of people think that we have to be super disciplined people, but the truth is you only have to be disciplined for a short amount of time to create a habit. Once the habit's in place, you go on autopilot and it looks like you're disciplined, but you know what? You brush your teeth every day. Is that because you're so disciplined? No, you don't even think about it. It's a habit. It's automatic, hopefully, right? If you aren't brushing your teeth every day, well, you guys sit in the back. But my point is, is that you can develop a habit, a new habit of meditating and imagining. A lot of times people have prayer times, but do they have receiving times? Do they have times where they are, you know, if, if God said, look at the stars, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming Abraham had to go out and look at the stars. He had to have some time that he actually was spending doing that. And the work that you do in the spirit is exponentially more productive than the work you do with your hands. The work that you do speaking. So it's not just visualizing, but saying it. I'm a holy millionaire. I'm debt free. I'm healed. I walk in divine health. But those words that you're speaking are divinely way more creative than the work that you're doing to create with your hands and in the natural. I'm not saying that we don't have to do that. I mean, in the beginning, in Genesis, God not only said, let there be, let there be, let there be, but hey, he formed Adam and Eve out of the dust, so he did things with his hands. He was, he was engaging in, in the, the material realm, but he was speaking out the vision that he had already had before he ever said, let there be light. I mean, the lamb was slain from God's perspective, it says in Revelation chapter 13, from the foundation of the world. So when God was speaking, he was speaking out of a vision in his mind that was already finished. I mean, Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. So this idea of future, past, present is very different from God. 
That's kind of a whole nother, maybe I'll go into that more next week about how when we are in the realm of the spirit, when we're in the realm of the imagination, the realm of visions, and we're, we're seeing ourselves as already uh, in possession of what we've been praying for, we're really just operating the way God does. Because from God's perspective, the end is finished before anything ever starts. So that's another little like, woo, brain twister, you know, little, little confusing there. We don't understand that because we look at everything like past, present, and future. But as science will also tell you in the theory of relativity, there are multiple dimensions. Time is relative. Even in science, they recognize this. And so our relationship with time needs to be renewed. Because God doesn't think of time the way we think of it. He thinks of it as already done. And the truth is, because we're post-cross, it is already done in time. But from God's perspective, Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. So from God's perspective, it was done before Jesus was born. It was done before you were born. It was done before Moses was born. It was done before Abraham was born. It was done from his perspective. So our perspective, if we are truly going to think like God and think with God and have conversations and transform the world and, and see the kingdom manifest, we have, this is about way more than your measly little thousand dollars. But I tell you what, you might want to start with your thousand dollars. Because the same way you receive a thousand is the same way you'll receive a billion. The same way you receive a healing for you is the same way you'll receive a healing for multitudes. In the the realm of the spirit where all things are possible is how we manifest the kingdom because it's already done. So, whatsoever things you desire, it says in the King James, when you pray, believe you have received them and you shall have them. So I know that there are prayer requests that are on you, have probably been in your journal (laughs) or been on your mind for a while. Well, this is the time. This is the time to receive them. And I kind of changed the subject here when I talked about habits, but make it a habit. Start a ritual where you're spending the last five minutes before you go to bed. It's a great way to go to bed because you know what? The devil didn't want you to do it and you, you may be out quick. It's better than worrying, right? If you wake up in the middle of the night worrying, you know what? Why don't you go ahead and go into the spirit realm and see whatever you're worrying about already finished? And if you need, I'm going to say this. This is not, the Holy Spirit will engage with you. Say, Holy Spirit, I need grace for this. What do I see? What, what, what do you want me? How do I receive this? Show it to me. It's already done. And I could literally, time does not permit to tell you the, the number of miracles that I have, my family and I, my husband and I have personally experienced because we received it when we prayed. I remember one time, oh, we'd moved to Chicago. Brian, this was also job related. And I mean, just could not seem to, he was a, he's been a plumber pipe fitter for decades now, and, and you know, the Chicago Union is a little rough, 
you know, it's good old, you know, mob people kind of feel. You know what I'm saying? It's Chicago uh, Al Capone kind of people. You know, maybe they don't take too well to outsiders. You know, you're not sure. But, I mean, there just seemed to be all these all these doors that would close. And then he would take the – he had to take another test when he moved there from California because it was like a whole other jurisdiction. And he'd been a plumber forever. He'd been far, he'd been foreman. He'd had, he'd had a lot of experience. But he kept failing the stupid test. And it was not natural. Like, we knew it was not natural. Like, this is not natural. And so I think he'd taken it like three times. On that fourth time, he came home, and something had happened. He'd, he'd done, you know, they have like practicals where you have to actually, I don't know, I'm not a plumber, put stuff together. I don't know. But whatever he had put together, he said there was like a, it busted or something. And so he was like, oh, no, I didn't pass. And I, I mean, I was mad at this point. I'm like, not mad at him. I just, I just was, I was done, sick of it. So sometimes when I'm sick of something like that, I don't, I go take a shower. I don't know what the magic is about the shower, but it seems to be at my holy place. It's like my, I don't know. But anyway, I'm, I'm getting in the shower, right? So I go and I get in the shower and I start praying, start praying. And it's funny because since then, it's not, it's very, it's pretty much the same answer God always tells me when I'm facing something like anything really. Because he's, you know, when I first started praying, it's like I could see, at first I saw like, like it was like this army of the enemy, like backing up. It was like pure light, just, boom, they were just backing up. And then he says to me, well, what do you see? And it was like, I forgot, like I'd never heard it before. Like I, it was like, well, of course. I mean, I got out of the shower, I said, the Lord said, what do we see? What do we see? And he's like, ah, oh. I was like, see it. And so he's like, well, I see myself driving my plumbing van. Da, 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 da. I was like, well, I see, I see me going to the mailbox and taking out the results from your test and you passed. And it was crazy because I don't know, it takes about six weeks to get the test back or some four weeks. I don't remember, but he, he was off one day and it was right about when we were supposed to get, get the results. And so he goes out to the mailbox. I knew what he was doing. And when he walked outside, I, I said, what are you doing? He says, I'm going to go check the mailbox. See, but I said, it's not going to be there. He said, why? I said, because I get the mail. I get the mail. I open up the envelope, and I'm the one that sees that you passed. Well, he, you know, goes out and does it anyway. Wasn't there. The very next day, I go to check the mail. I get the envelope. I open it up, and he passed. So that's one last story that I'll share, because the kingdom is so awesome. It's a place, it really is too good to be true. You know, I mean, it really is the gospel, the gospel, heaven on earth. The kingdom has come. And truthfully, it is kind of unbelievable in our natural minds. But guess what? We don't have to live in our natural minds. That's why Jesus said, become like little children. It's time to have overactive imaginations again. It is time to daydream. It is time to live with our head in the clouds a little bit and create a habit of receiving our prayer by seeing it done. Amen? All right. Well, Father, I thank you that this is an answer. This is an answer to prayer for some folks. And Lord, I thank you that uh, now, Lord, it's just a matter of not just being a hearer of the word, but being a doer of the word. And Lord, I tell you, in this day and age, there's a lot of good word to hear. 
I mean, there's word on TV, word on YouTube, word on, gosh, Facebook, word, there's word everywhere. And sometimes, Lord, we're so inundated with word that we never see the manifestation of any word. And Lord, I, I just, I pray that, especially for people, Father, that have been frustrated, that have need, there's needs, there's things going on. And Lord, they have been asking, like, what is going on in my life? What is this? What is this? Lord, I thank you that there is grace for them to do this word. There is grace for them to implement this and for it to become a lifestyle, for it to become a catalyst that leads to answer prayer after 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 answer prayer. Matter of fact, I know, Father, there's people listening here today that they're going to be known for getting answers to prayers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lord, they're going to be a person that isn't just, that's their reputation. Oh, well, go and have, you know, Barbara pray because she's got, she, she gets answered prayer. And so I think this is an identity word for some, Father, because you have called some to, to be intercessors. <laughs> You've called some with a strong, strong gifting of intercession, God. And I thank you that, there, that for this, for those particularly, Father, there, this is going to be a, a, a shift, even a shift, because some of them have been praying for the same things for decades. Thank you, Father. And Lord, I thank you that once we've received it, we can rest. And so, Lord, I, I thank you that there's a, oh, there's just some rest coming to people. Father, there has been so much unrest. Lord, I can feel that in the spirit, just so much. Yeah, I just feel that, Lord. And so, Father, I just release people to that faith rest, to that rest that comes from trust and partnering with you to see it done. And Lord, we just receive. I receive right now everything I've prayed. And I see it done. In Jesus' name. Amen.